that tackles cinema's most legendary team-ups, films where two or more major stars shared the screen and battled it out for screen time, top billing, the fatter paycheck, and the most acclaim. Every week, we'll be discussing movies that gave audiences two for the price of one on Legends of the Silver Screen, and we'll be delving into dueling star personas, a bit of behind-the-scenes drama, and the ultimate quest for box office, Oscars, and cinematic dominance. And don't worry, we'll be discussing actors of all genders from week to week because girls are invited to the boy party and gender is a construct anyway. I'm Lucian, and I'm joined by my fellow veteran of podcasts, such as Adam and Ben, new and selected. Mr. Shane Kelly, hello. Hello. Welcome to our new our new experiment. Welcome to the boy party. Welcome to the boy party. Everyone's invited. Everyone's invited. Bring your own beers or non-alcoholic beverages. You have to leave. 45. Conditional on the fact that you are a star. You are a star. Stars only. Stars only. And we're out of here in 45 minutes. Yeah. No long episodes. So Shane and I obviously just finished our long-running hugely successful podcast yeah. adam and ben new and selected a podcast that was about the films of two big movie stars yeah ben stiller and adam sandler and it wrapped up with us discussing the the one movie where they were sort of sharing um they were they were they were staring across from each other which was the meyerowitz stories so if you want to hear the real first episode of this podcast go back to that go back one. to that because the idea of boy party is what if we took the premise of that podcast and we applied it to two new stars on every episode so rather than just comparing adam sandler and ben stiller's star personas week upon week like we did for the last couple of years we're going to talk about two or three or sometimes maybe even four big movie stars who shared the screen in one project and how it went and, and hopefully we'll get into more of the nitty gritty of making the film rather than the film itself. Yeah, and like how we're not to, here as much to be just explaining be, the plot to you. Explaining the plot, going through the jokes that we liked, those sorts of things. You know, we'll do a bit of that, but we're going to talk about how people ended up in movies together, um, who got paid more, um, and how it benefited each of their careers, and who's the bigger star now, and all that yeah. sort of thing. It's going to be a movie podcast about comparing movie stars to one another through the movies that they started together. And I think uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, so welcome. For our first episode, we decided to pick something with huge stars in it, a film that a lot of people will hopefully have seen and engaged with, and a film that actually directly tackles the ideas of movie stardom, how someone could become second banana to a major movie star. Yeah. Um, and that movie is Quentin Tarantino's 2019 film, Once Upon a Time, dot, 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 in Hollywood. Sorry, I got it wrong. It's Once Upon a Time in dot, 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 dot Hollywood. Hollywood. And this is a film that I am personally uh, colder on than the majority of cinephiles. I think it is exhausting and indulgent. And mm -hmm. I've seen it three times and I've disliked it more every time. You watched it for the first time two, ni two nights ago with me. What were your, your initial thoughts? You, you gave me an impression before that I knew you disliked it majorly. Yeah. And I was very aware that every, lots of other people really enjoyed it. Yeah. And... I think it was like the David Ehrlich review. I looked, he described it as anti-entertainment. Right, okay. And I thought that was like a fun way to describe it. Was like, he saying that in a positive or a negative way? In kind of a neutral way, I think. Yeah. And like, and that's kind of how I view it as well. I have kind of a neutral view on this film where like, I don't think it's kind of how boring it is, is like a failure of the filmmaking. I no, think it's it a is, choice. I think it's choice and I think it's intentional. And yeah. I generally have a bit of time for that. Sure. Where it's not, just following the the usual beats of like trying to be mm -hmm. as entertaining as possible all the time. Yeah. This is kind of just like a hangout movie. It's a hangout movie where the plot kicks in in the last sort of 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. Like with this teases of plot throughout. 
yeah, you're kind of just observing the world and what develops. Like, it's not yeah. specifically going anywhere. They're yeah, just like, yeah. oh, here's two people. This is kind of just what they're doing. Yes, it's observing an environment. And then at the very end, it sort of brings all of its elements together very quickly in yeah. its climax. And is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is about the Mansons and Sharon Tate and what if Sharon Tate... Yeah, and like, I think as far as creating a film like this where it is kind of just meandering through time or whatever, like... Mm-hmm. The setting is sick. Yes. It looks so good. It looks great. The sets are fantastic. And like, there are some, every now and again, you mm. throw in shots like Brad Pitt driving. Yes. And you're like, oh, this is, this this is thrilling. Outstanding. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I, it's I, I can't tell if it's trying to be funny or not. I think it is. I think okay. that people who love it think it's hilarious. I don't. And I don't. No. And I feel that way about a few of Tarantino's films that I think, especially the most recent Django, this, Hateful Eight, yeah. I think are all not half as funny as they think they are. Yeah. And that the strongest elements of them are actually the aesthetic, more dramatic more elements. So. Right. Yeah, aesthetic yeah. and the more dramatic yeah. elements. Um, so anyway, this is a movie with three huge stars in it. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and Margot Robbie. Now, Margot Robbie is obviously a lot more famous now than she was when this movie came out. Although I would argue Margot Robbie was a huge selling point for this film. She's on all the posters and her name is there. So yeah. it's not by any means... A, not a major role for her but margot robbie right now in 2023 probably a bigger star than at least brad pitt is just in terms of in terms of box office draw now yeah in terms of draw now and she's she's in the top you think 1%. she'd command a higher fee though for a film potentially than then then pitt i imagine possibly yeah so uh in terms of these actors stats leonardo dicaprio has had a worldwide box office gross as a leading man of 6.9 billion dollars um, his most successful film is, of course, Titanic, mm-hmm. which amounts for $2.2 billion of that. Yeah. Um, and then Inception, The Revenant, Django Unchained, The Wolf of Wall Street, and this movie. Brad Pitt has had a total box office of $5 billion. Mm-hmm. And his biggest hits have been um, World War Z, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Troy, and Ocean's Eleven. I'll make note, none of those films particularly recent. We're talking, no, we're talking a, a mid two thousand star who has this kind of one anomaly of World War Z in twenty thirteen, and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of his biggest successes. Um, this movie made uh, three hundred seventy seven million dollars worldwide, yeah. which is incredible considering that it is a it is a hangout movie, two hour and forty minute period piece, um, with no uh, action, sci fi, or genre elements to it at all. There's just there's an awful lot to go on for the marketing that yes, makes it look yes. really cool. It, it looks like a sexy fun time, and yeah. that counts for a lot, as we learned this year, with, to be honest, Barbie and Oppenheimer, which both looked in very different ways, yeah. like a sexy fun time. And they're both the a sexy fun time. They're both a sexy fun time. Um, Margot Robbie's total box office gross, $2.5 billion, which is a lot less than those two guys. Sure, but she's but if you consider how 20 long years she, younger. If you consider how long she's been in movies, it's insane. Her biggest hits, obviously, Barbie, $1.4 Then Suicide Squad. Yeah. Which you'd forget she was in. We've got a few of those rocking around there. The Wolf of Wall Street. This movie. Uh, and then, funnily enough, The Legend of Tarzan <laughs> with okay. Alexander Skarsgård. Big hit. Big hit. Uh, Peter Rabbit, Birds of Prey, Focus, The mm. Suicide Squad, Peter Rabbit 2. And then we're then we're down into the, the double-digit millions sure. um, with stuff like Babylon and Bobshell. Now, Sorry, Babylon yeah. didn't crack. Three Babylon figures. was a massive failure. Babylon oh, made wow. sixty-four million, which is well below its 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 uh, budget. Now, while we're on the subject of Babylon, yeah, I will say get into the comparison here. The comparison point. for me between this movie and Babylon is that Tarantino's nostalgia for old cinema is based on his whole video store clerk 
bullshit yeah. of kung fu movies and shitty western yeah. tv serials and and low budget westerns yeah. he is obsessed with that sort of stuff that sort of like kind of schlocky stuff that most people don't think of as being classics but he thinks it's great that's fine that's his business but this is a film about classic hollywood that is only interested in elements of classic hollywood that i could not care less about yeah which is shitty westerns not john ford movies not leone movies just kind of shitty westerns and a bit of kung fu bit of bruce lee that's fine nothing but respect for bruce lee and for the rick daltons of this world this is not the side of the film industry that interests me Babylon is made by a guy, Chazelle, who is interested in musicals, yes. like Singing in the Rain, in biblical epics, in big historical movies with knights and horses and stuff. Yeah. That is the side of classic Hollywood I want to see throwbacks to rather than this kind of like schlocky shit that Tarantino's into. And I just prefer Chazelle as a filmmaker in general because he's got the same taste in film that I do and that mm. I was brought up with, whereas Tarantino is this very much like son of the son of the 60s and 70s who got into his weird little side B-movie stuff. And that is... Yeah, like I feel like a lot of Chazelle stuff tries to replicate the feeling of the films he's inspired by, whereas Tarantino is taking kind of like a bird's eye Yeah, Tarantino wants to show you how much he loves this stuff. Yeah. He's not trying to recreate it in any sense. Well, he is in this movie because he spends about fucking 40% of this movie showing us fake westerns, uh, westerns, little skits of these films that Rick Dalton is starring in that are so boring to me and like i don't even think that it's funny to see people like that's the thing thing. they're basing it on these shitty westerns you call them like like they're not interesting to watch in the first place so trying to add a but he doesn't even find a funny way to show us how they were made no babylon you have this great scene where margot robbie's doing this thing with the microphone and the sound can't come and you have the scene of spike jones out in the desert desert. directing they're just incredible scenes right this film doesn't show you the filmmaking process to be particularly funny other than like bruce lee fights brad pitt on the set of something like there is it's interested in the stuntman as a role which i i'm interested in too but it doesn't do much in terms of um like there's there's no there's no sequences where like brad pitt is actually doing stunts no there's very little of actual films being made. You just kind of go into this little, let's watch Julia Butters do like, this. Is there an while. assumption here that like Tarantino's like, oh, you should just like these already so you know what's going on? There's a little bit of that. And there's a little bit of him being like, I'm going to force you to like what I like. Yeah. Which is the kind of guy he is. And you know what? He has a place in cinema and I respect him and I like two or three of his films quite a bit. But I will never be a, I will never be a quote fan of Tarantino as a, as a guy for a number of reasons, but largely because your taste just doesn't line up. Our taste doesn't line up. And it's not that I think he's a terrible, awful filmmaker or that he's a creepy pervert. He may be a creepy pervert in many ways. This film features both Margot Robbie and Margaret Qualley's feet in focus in the shot quite a bit. That's fine. That's his business. But I think that as long as those actresses consented to it, but I do think that his taste and mine are so different that I'm never going to be fully on board with his vision of what makes film interesting you know um no i like i think it was quite apparent in this the kind of difference in his style and taste compared to like yes. what were you saying like i kind of actually got a little bit out of that sure um more than i thought i would so yeah i don't know i didn't hate this i thought this was like mm-hmm. an interesting experiment in what it is and yeah it's an interesting experiment. I think that something like, not not just Babylon, but I think something like Licorice Pizza is a more successful example of the same thing, where that film is, is about L.A., it's about life in L.A., yeah. driving around L.A. It's less dark. It doesn't have this whole, like, the transition 
into post into post Hollywood Manson thing yeah. up in the hills and all that. But I think that Licorice Pizza is a better hangout movie about seventies LA. Well, it's not about. It's just about regular people. In LA, it's, yeah, guess, it's about regular so. people. But anyway, uh, basically, uh, the Weinstein Company went shut down because um, Harvey Weinstein went to prison mm-hmm. uh, for very bad things that he did to many people. And Quentin Tarantino had obviously made all of his films with Weinstein. So suddenly he was adrift and had to get his new movie made somewhere else. So Tarantino teams up with David Heyman, the producer of the Harry Potter movies in Paddington, gets this movie set up over at Sony, Columbia Sony, um, with Chinese funding um, from the uh, the Bona Poly polybona film distribution company um the budget is reportedly around 96 million and that includes 10 million a piece for D- leo and pitt 10 being well below leo's usual quote which is around 20 to 25 which is what he would usually get for something like inception or um don't look up or whatever so this movie was kind of really big budget and also somehow like cheaper than you'd expect mm-hmm. in terms of who's in it now we were commenting on the fact that the number of scenes in this film where there are like just randomly a hundred vintage cars on screen yeah that shit really adds Cost up that is bomb. so expensive yeah. so like they spent money on vintage cars and paid leo 10 instead of 20 like good that's good accounting in my opinion i'm seeing 95 being thrown around here as the initial like the number bu- that was bid for this in terms of much. what they paid to have it yeah yikes okay so there's a yeah a lot of money oh, sorry it was a warner i think and sony were they were bidding, bidding for it, to yes. have this, and they yes. were ninety five was the right the number I'm seeing here. So um, it ended up grossing three hundred seventy seven million. It's a huge hit, obviously. Um, it's incredibly, incredibly uh, easy to sell. Um, the supporting cast features people like Emil Hirsch, Margaret Qualley, Austin Butler, who's of course now a huge star, Dakota Fanning, Bruce Dern, Al Pacino's in there, Lena Dunham is in there, Damian Lewis shows up, uh, Sydney Sweeney. Um, and then uh, Kurt Russell, Michael Madsen. Apparently, uh, James Marsden is in the extended cut, which I haven't seen, uh-huh. as Burt Reynolds. Walton Goggins provides a voiceover. Danny Strong and Tim Roth were both cut out of it, uh, with Strong playing uh, Dean Martin and Roth playing uh, a butler. And Roth still received credit for acting on the film. So that's all interesting. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of our stars in this movie and the roles, so Leo plays Rick Dalton, who is this sort of somewhat washed up TV Western actor. And he was on a show called Bounty Law, and yeah. now he basically pops up as villains on other shows. Yeah, he was never truly a super A lister yeah. in this world. He was just like, yeah, yeah. So, his agent, uh, Al Pacino, is telling him to move to Italy and make spaghetti westerns, and he doesn't want to do it- Italian movies. He wants to continue doing his roles as heavies on TV shows where he yeah. shows up on like FBI and like punches a guy a bunch of times. Yeah. So his stuntman is uh, played by Pitt, and that's Cliff Booth. So this film wants us inherently to believe that DiCaprio and Pitt look close enough that Pitt would be his stunt double. I guess that's the case. I don't know. They're, if the height's the same, you can kind of pull it Yeah, off. like, what kind of stunts are you going to be doing? Riding motorbikes and falling off horses. Falling off horses and throwing yourself into walls. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you, you get away with it. You get away with this. So these guys are best friends. Um, they are star and stunt double, and they are kind of just hanging out together up in the Hollywood Hills. I'm pretty sure they became best friends because uh, DiCaprio kept getting DUIs and now Brad Pitt has to drive him around. Yes, yes, exactly. So he has to drive him everywhere. So he's kind of his stuntman, his chauffeur. But he also has, Brad Pitt also has his own issues and he's, he causes trouble on sets and people don't want to work with him. And 
he lives in this kind of lonely smaller house with his dog while leo lives in like a big house but is also seemingly quite lonely yeah and then living beside leo is uh is roman polanski and Sharon Tate. Yes. I'm not sure whose house it is, but... No, they knew... I think they just move in. They just move in. Yeah, I think... And they're together there, and Margot Robbie plays Sharon Tate, so she kind of overlaps a little bit with them, but then we also go off on, like, a side quest with her, where she goes to see this movie that she's in, The Wrecking Crew, with Dean Martin, and... Yeah. So, basically, uh, we kind of have three leading characters. I'm not sure of the screen time breakdown. I think you could kind of conceivably argue that any one of these three is the main character in the film because Margot Robbie actually is sort of powering her own plot line in a sense where she is actually not really a supporting character. But she was, of course, submitted to the awards as Best Supporting Actress, which makes sense because of, like, the amount that she's in the film, but I would I would argue that it is more of like a leading role. Like if you compare this to like Lily Gladstone and Killers of the Flower Moon, I would say Margot Robbie's in this movie just as much, if not more. And Lily Gladstone is leading oh. at the Oscars, right? I I don't know if I could put Margot Robbie in leading for this. You don't? It no. I, I it would be it would feel odd, but I think it's, it 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 wouldn't be unfair to do so. Like this is. Do you consider this kind of a three timelines clashing kind of? Yeah, film? sort of. Yeah, she has no. Two, she has yeah. very little dialogue. Which she's uh, very little dialogue. A lot of her is dancing and sitting, watching herself on the cinema screen. It is an annoying role. I won't say an annoying performance because I don't think it's her fault. It is an annoying role that Tarantino has decided to deify this actress that he was obviously obsessed with when he was younger as this perfect symbol of innocence in Hollywood yeah. ends up having something terrible happen to her. Now, obviously, in this film, nothing terrible happens to her, but that's fictional. Sharon Tate was murdered in real life, so it's sort of like him trying to pay tribute to Sharon Tate. It's kind of a very interesting experiment in that, like, this role doesn't work unless you have that yeah. complete A-list Hollywood yes. aura about you. None of these roles do. If you no. make this movie with fucking Michael Shannon yeah. and I'm trying to think of just like guys who are like, like, you know, rep, like admirable Timothy Oliphant, who's in the film. Yeah. If it's him and Michael Shannon and like, you know, random actress who isn't that famous. Like, do you think that's kind of a view on this is where we're going to make it kind of light on the plot? Because and just see, so can, it be, can it be entirely carried yes. just by these three personalities that yes. you kind of have associations with before? It's... Yes, I think it helps a lot. And it's interesting to do that with Margot Robbie. Like, you obviously, you can do that with someone like Julia Roberts or whatever yeah. in fucking Ocean's 12. It's interesting with Margot Robbie, who is only really in, like, what, three hit movies before this. Yeah. You know? It's kind of just Wolf of Wall Street, Suicide Squad, and kind of popping up in things. Like, then, her, her image has progressed since this. Yeah, like, This exactly. wasn't at her peak either. No, I think uh, that her image is more cemented now post-Barbie and more of, like, a kind of a... So maybe this might have more of... This might age quite well. If you watch this in 10 yes. years and Margot Robbie has grown in stature. Yes, you're, you're like, the audience's relationship with Margot Robbie might actually add more to this character. Yeah. I certainly think it will with Babylon. But obviously, that's not what we're talking about here. The yeah. character in Babylon is similar but has more of an edge. Like the yeah. character in Babylon is like doing loads of drugs and is like much more like of a of a fully seasoned Hollywood starlet than this yeah. Sharon Tate character who is obviously seemed to be very innocent to a lot of the the evils that are going on in the background. Sure. Um so Margaret Robbie did not receive an Oscar nomination for this film, which I think everybody would have expected that she would. Um and uh, the thing that year was that she was also going up for supporting actress for um her bombshell and in some cases like i'd say cancelled out her own vote which is sure silly um a case where maybe it would have made more sense to put her in lead just to get that problem out of the way yeah but um yeah. lead uh this year at the oscars was um 
uh, leading actress went to uh, let me see if I can remember it would have been 19 uh, uh, fucking Renee Zellweger and uh, the fucking Judy Garland film uh, but Brad sorry Pitt, very very stupid question very, first which one like the 2020 Oscars are the Oscars that happened in 2020 not like this is not a, there's no de- definite answer to this the Oscars refer to themselves as the 95th, the 96th, okay. the 97th Academy yeah. Awards. The Academy in America will never call their Oscars the 2024 Oscars yeah. because of this confusion. Okay. So you will have to just say, the Oscars for the films of 2019 yeah. is the easiest way to say it. Oh, like, so that's what you go by. You go by the films of 2019. Sure. I would never say, like, Margot Robbie won for the... For, or I would never say Brad Pitt won his Oscar for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at the 2020 Oscars. Interesting. Okay. You could say he won his Oscar in 2020. Because that is correct. Yes, I've also had this confusion about Super Bowls before, where they just go by, this is Super Bowl 60. Yes. Yeah. Look, I do this awards for, for, for work, yeah. and in our case, the the awards that are happening this spring for the films of 2023 yeah. are the 2024 awards. Okay. But that is our that is just how we do it. Yeah. So. Um, uh, Brad Pitt won an Oscar for this movie. Uh, his first his first Oscar, and it's funny that Brad Pitt's first Oscar was for supporting actor, because so was George Clooney's. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that these guys who are like, you ask random Mary Murphy, age 60 on the street, name a famous movie star. Yeah. And she goes, literally her answer four out of 10 times is going to be Brad Pitt. Yeah. And the man's only Oscar for acting is, is in a supporting role. I guess it's, it might be just a case where like, they're such big stars that when you kind of drop that tier of category, yeah. you're so obviously the yeah. A third, a third case of this is going to be Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, you know, like he has Clooney. an Oscar already though, doesn't he? No, he doesn't. No, does he? No, no, no. I thought he had nominated. No, the whole thing. No, Clooney, Downey, and Pitt, three of the f- five biggest male stars, yeah. and they're and they're and they all get their first acting Oscar. Yeah, you just role. jump into it. You jump you're into right. a smaller like, pond. You're, you're right. Just it's an like you, fish, yes, it's like, like you are more popular than all of these character actors in supporting roles. Yeah. if you pretend to be a supporting actor, yeah. you know, it's funny. Um. You could, I absolutely have put both Leo and Brad Pitt in best lead actor for this film. And I don't think anyone could argue. No, not at all. I think that's, that has to be, I think in order to qualify for this podcast, in fact, that has to be a possible thing that could have happened. Because, um, like, these are, these are two roles that are, that are kind of interchangeable as the lead. The only thing that makes DiCaprio's role more leading is that his character is kind of more important. There's a hierarchy built into the dynamic. And, and also... There, there's that, a hierarchy built into the personalities where he yes. is probably seen as the more clean-cut, mm-hmm. commands a higher paycheck. Yes. Kind of, within, like, yeah, within the world... Like it's of, building on the established relationships that we know about the actors. As exactly. Well. Like, with, yeah, within the world of the movie, Rick obviously commands a higher paycheck. And then in the real world, although these two guys were paid the same for this movie, I think everybody kind of knows that DiCaprio is a slightly bigger star yeah and you read he took a pay cut for this and he took a pay cut for this whereas pitt 10 million is probably more realistic to what yeah. he would normally get paid um in terms of uh the billing of this film um the opening credits gives us uh leonardo dicaprio and brad pitt on the same card uh across from each other but dicaprio's name comes up behind brad pitt's head and brad pitt's name comes up behind dicaprio's head and i feel like that's a nice compromise mm-hmm. and then um margot robbie's just third on another card by herself uh, the poster we haven't talked about. So this is the this is the main poster for this movie, which is this vintage looking. If you're if you're if you're looking at you know watching along at home, folks, this is the poster with the the illustrated three big faces and then all the shit going on below it with the orange. Very very nice piece of iconic poster design. I am a fan. Um, 
not quite nice enough that I would like hang it up in my house, but that's more so because I'm not a big fan of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says the ninth film from Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, funnily enough, the actor's name is actually quite small on this poster. They're they're sort of in more of a, a retro uh, style down the bottom, um, a bit smaller. And it's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt on the same line. Margot Robbie in Once Upon a Time, dot, 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 in Hollywood. Oh, mm. weird. This has the dot, dot, dot before the in. So I was right the first time. <gasps> it's different on the poster. It's different. What the fuck are they doing with that? That's insane. There's oh. a mistake. A mistake. Once Upon a Time in. Interesting. That's funny. Um, but a uh, very nice poster. And uh, DiCaprio's head slightly higher up than everyone else's. Yeah, he's in the middle. Um, he's in the middle. and he, But he's in the background. He is. No, but he, he stands out as being first, you know? Yeah, he I think every, everything first. that we've seen so far indicates that DiCaprio is the yes. number one here. Number one. Um, I don't think there's any argument that it, Brad Pitt is number one and DiCaprio is number two. Um, and then did she's on there backwards. Hmm? Did you say that backwards? Maybe I did. Yeah, I she's on there twice. Um, the, she's got the big head and then she's also dancing in the middle. I don't really know why she has to be on there twice. Folks, that was the B-real sound you heard in the background just there. We had to take a two minute break to deal with that. Um, but anyway, that's basically what's going on on the poster. DiCaprio's there twice. DiCaprio's there twice. Um, um, where is he? Bottom left. Oh, he is. He's a uh, Mr. Owen Pitt's there twice. Bone too. He's up on the roof, right? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. They're all there twice. Um, DiCaprio, in terms of Oscars, obviously won his Oscar in uh, 2016. Haha. <laughs> for the t- films of 2015, for The Revenant. Mm-hmm. Um, and Margot Robbie is a two-time nominee, I'm going to say. Yeah. For... Two, be, two be three. Sorry. She was nominated the year of this film for Bombshell. She was nominated. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay. I mean, sorry, when I say the words crazy, 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 I'd like to clarify, I personally feel she's much better in Bombshell. So, putting that out there. I think she's actually great in Bombshell. I think it's her best performance. Okay. Fun take there. Bombshell, a movie we will probably cover on Boy Party. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, nominated for I, Tanya, a year when she had a legitimate chance, but she lost to Francis for Three Billboards. Uh, a stacked year, Saoirse Lady Bird was up that year as mm-hmm. well, crazy. And Streep in the Post, a movie we'll never talk about on Boy Party. Um, um, and Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie um, will obviously be nominated again this year for Barbie. Well, sorry, obviously no, uh, but potentially. Potentially. Um, Brad Pitt uh, wins finally this year. He had actually won an Oscar before for um, for 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 producing uh, because Plan B are an enormous. Um, producer of, of acclaimed films like Moonlight and Clover's Slave. And he works with a lot of black filmmakers. Um, so he's won Best Picture. And also he produced The Departed. And he was nominated for producing Tree of Life, Moneyball, Selma, and The Big Short. And mm-hmm. it, it, like one of the most established producers in America. Yeah. Like. Um, and a guy who I will say is somehow getting away with uh, reportedly being a horrible husband and father and doing terrible things. And he's getting away with it. And no one's stopping him. So putting that out there. Celebrating him on our podcast, Boy Party. Um, so, um, this movie, uh, who would you argue is the winner of the movie? I think Brad Pitt. Yeah, it has to be. He wins the Oscar. He's better in it. Yeah. The scenes are way more enjoyable, even when he's just on his own or with the dog. And then in the big climax with the fucking Manson people, I feel like, okay, he... Yeah, they give it to him. Like, DiCaprio's him just hanging win. out in the backyard. DiCaprio like... does the flamethrower shit at the end. But I feel like, I feel like Pitt gets the more, more of the action. Sure. A better slice of the action. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's, 
I feel like from my understanding the plot revolves around him more so than anyone else like we follow him when he's going on his car more so than we follow Rick yes, Dalton around I think so like, I think so I think that 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 uh, Tarantino is more excited to work with him again obviously Tarantino had worked with both of these guys before he'd worked with Pitt on Bastards and then immediately afterwards with DiCaprio on Django, on Django. Yeah. Um, I certainly prefer DiCaprio and Django to in this I think that's a that's a more that's a goofier performance yeah. more going on there uh, yeah. Anything else? Any final thoughts on this movie before we move on to our games? Um, it's a good movie star movie. I read. Yeah, I think it. That's what it is. Like my final take. Yeah. It is, it is it is an experiment on like. Yeah. How big are the stars? Yeah. And how much can they carry? Yeah. And like, a lot. Yeah. They really do. They do. You had a look at um, to, and you found out that Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie represented both by Brian Lord from CAA. No. No. No, yeah. I think you made that up. I didn't make that up. Well, I looked it up and I found it, so. Wait, they had like a sim- Oh, you looked it up. No, they're both represented by Brian Lord from CAA, and okay. I think that that maybe is why that they also popped up in uh, in Babylon together. Yes. And then I looked up, I thought, hmm, I wonder if Ryan Gosling is represented by Brian Lord from CAA. And let me tell you, listeners, he is. Yeah. So that's why she and him are popping up in loads of shit together now. Um, Did we get a Pitt Gosling production at some Pitt point? Pitt Gosling production. That hasn't happened. No, a big short. Oh, yeah, of course. Te- technically, technically. Sure. That's kind of a big... I'm Are they in any thing. scenes together in that? I can't remember. No, Brad Pitt's not in a scene with anyone. Right. Brad Pitt is in a pub in England the entire yes. time. Yes, 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 yes. That's why he's yes, kind of off to the side. Yeah. Um, sorry, there is another... I will say there's another example within this film of a fun billing situation in the movie where Sharon Tate goes and takes a photo in front of the poster for the Wrecking Crew. Yes. And the Wrecking Crew poster has its own fun situation where it's Dean Martin is matt helm in what does that say is matt helm in i think so or is matt helm another actor who knows who knows dean martin matt helm the wrecking crew elk summer sharon tate nancy kwan so fair play to sharon tate she got like you know third or fourth billing on that film well done to her um we're gonna move on now to our games we have two games uh one that i will play on shane and one that he will play on Mm -hmm. me we're such little pranksters um so my game uh, for Shane is the uh, credits game. And this is a movie I've picked starring one of the stars of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it's not Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I'm going to read out to Shane the cast list as it's listed on Letterboxd from bottom to top. And Shane is going to have to intervene when he wants to guess the movie. Yeah. He has three guesses before he loses. Okay. And you, if you wait until the very end and the last name, which is the is star. The star. Now, the last name on this list might not necessarily be the person that we talked about in this episode of Boy Party. Sure. Okay? That person's in this movie. I can't promise you that they are first build. Okay? okay. So don't expect that. Are, are they going to be the last name you call out, though? Uh, they will if, be, they, yeah. if they're a third build, are you going to call them third? I will call them third. Okay. Um, but you get three guesses. Um, you get more points, obviously, if you if you guess earlier sure. and less points if you guess later. All right. So let's begin. Um, do you want a year? Or will I give you clues later? Give me, you give me a year. I'll give you a year. Okay. Year is uh, 2018. Okay. Oh, I should get this. So. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go quickly because there's like 20 names here. Yeah. Isley Hervinen, Haley Sales, Joe DeSero, Miss Shasha Armstrong, Matt Damon. Okay. We'll pause We're not done. We're not done yet. I know. Okay. But I'm trying to... Matt Damon, that far down the list. Yes. Very far down the is list. Is this Don't Look Up? No. Okay. T- Alan Tudyk. Robert Maylet, Paul Wu, Brad Pitt. Not done. Okay. Terry Crews, Bill Skarsgård, Louis Tan. 
All right, I'm going to stop there for a second. Okay. Let's see. Make a guess. So Brad Pitt is what, like eighth build? No. It's 16th. 16th. <laughs> and Okay, so you're, you're really throwing a curveball here. <laughs> 16th build. Below Terry Crews. Below Terry Crews. Mm-hmm. Now, what kind of films in 2018 have that kind of... Mm-hmm. Does he play himself in it? Uh... He doesn't play himself. No, his character his character has a name. Okay. And it's not Brad Pitt. Right. Hmm. And he obviously has very limited screen time. Very person. limited screen time, yeah. Right. Personally, I don't remember Matt Damon being in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I keep going. Lewis Tan. Rob Delaney. Thyre Harris. Nikolai. Oh, I know this. What is it? It's Deadpool. Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Ding, ding, ding. Deadpool Correct. Nine. You got it. Well done. The next few names were going to be Randall Reeder, Stefan Kapichik, Eddie Marzan, Brianna Helderbrand, Leslie Uggams, TJ Miller, Zazie Beetz, Julia Dennison, Josh Brolin, and Ryan Reynolds. Rob Delaney gave it for me. You knew Rob Delaney was in Deadpool too. Yeah. I wouldn't have remembered that. I followed him on Twitter and he just kept posting the yes. gifts he was in. He's in the same scene as Brad Pitt. Yeah. They are basically Deadpool's like Halo Jump team right. in a scene and yes, then they all yes, die in grisly ways. Brad Pitt is an invisible man who gets electrocuted and becomes visible and Rob Delaney is like gets killed in some other way. Mm-hmm. Deadpool 2, a great film. Uh, you're now going to do the uh, our old favorite the box office game? Yeah. For the weekend that this movie came out. Because this website is just... Uh, I'll While you're doing it, I'll tell you... I'll tell While you're doing it, I'll tell the <laughs> listeners about the weekend that I went to see... Um, this movie in the cinema. What the fuck are you doing here? Um, I, uh, I can never find it. This is one of the last films that me and my parents uh, have seen in the cinema together. Um, they, uh, what are you doing? Um, we Tarantino nice remains one of the only directors that my parents will sort of think is worth going to the cinema for, even though they don't really like him that much. But they're sort of like, ah, yeah, like his films at least will be a spectacle. Yeah. So we, and they probably get all the stuff he's referencing yeah i mean they hated this but like they they hated it but they were but they were certainly like this is an event that we should probably go to see in the cinema when i suggested it so we went to see this um in in the in the bantry cinemax in west cork oh really okay 2019 which was a fun time so um are we are we going to point out the kind of do people know the ending of this and how this is like an alternate history i think so i think we mentioned it earlier there you go yeah there's your weekend click on it there Ladies and gentlemen, this man does not know how to operate the numbers.com. I've never witnessed anything. No, I like don't it. because like you click on box office and it brings you somehow five minutes away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just click on that first weekend there. So this film came out quite a bit later here than it did in America. It came out in America in July and it didn't come out here until the middle of yeah. middle of August. Yeah. Interesting. There must have been All some right. sports on TV. Yeah. This did not open number one. It didn't open number one. No. Okay. Tell me the weekend. July twenty sixth. July 26, 2019. Yeah. All right. So, in... And it wasn't hit by another new entry. So... The, the, the other film was in its second week. And that film would be uh, The Lion King. Yeah. Yes. Uh, terrible. Bad. No good. Uh, yeah. Lion King remake. Made 76 million in its second week. Uh, yeah. That is um, one of the top 10 films of all time. Great. And Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. In Hollywood. So that's how it's written there. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to 41 know. million. Lovely. 41 million. Lovely. Pretty okay. good. Very good. 3,600 theaters. Great. Next up. Yeah. You might just be able to guess this off the top of your head. This is in its fourth week. I don't know. No, you're going to be clues. Would this have been the highest grossing film of this year? No. no it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been. Okay. 
It's Spider-Man Far From Home. Why did I, why did I tell you? Yeah, why did you just tell me? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I think it's a boring one to talk about. It is boring to talk about. Yeah. Um, That's the Jake Gyllenhaal one. Have you sure. seen it? No. No. Yeah, it's no. not very good. Oh, sorry, it was on Arky when I saw Bates. Yeah, yeah. Next up, another yeah. major moneymaker. Every, kind of everything, everything this year was a major moneymaker. Yeah, everything here is just like existing. Uh, what would the next one be? You're going to have to give me a clue. Animated? Yeah. Uh, Secret Life of Pets 2? No. Shit. The other one. Uh, sequel? Yeah. Animals? Nope. Uh, uh, there's, there's an animal in it. There's an animal in it. Yeah. Is it a minion thing? No. Shit. You're uh, relatively uh, It's not a sequel. It is a sequel. It's a sequel. Not not the second, but it's like... It's like in a series. A series. Is it an Ice Age? No. Is it a fucking... How are you not getting this? Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4. With Forky. Forky, yeah. Good stuff. Toy Story, Toy Story 4. Key. Forky, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, it's an okay film. Remember the day that a girl stood me up for a date, so I went the whole way to Galway, met you for an hour, went to see Toy Story 4, and went home? God, yeah. <laughs> Good times. Mm-hmm. I just needed stuff to do that day. It's fine. That, that's like the plot of something that happens in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> exactly, it is. <laughs> I've done worse things. <laughs> I'm going to drive two hours away to see a movie on my own in the yeah. cinema. Yeah. yeah. Two hours. Oh, boy. Two and a half. Three. 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 Yeah. All right. Next up yeah. is a film you've probably never heard of. I'm sure I've heard of it. Why would I not have heard of it? Is it, Cause it's... Is it Bollywood or something? No. It's um, directed by Alexandra Aja. That's a name I'm familiar with. Okay. I, I, like, it's for the box office. It's obviously made money. Yeah. And there's no one famous in it, obviously. Um, is it horror? Kaya Scudelaire. Yes, yes. Okay. Is it... Is Bar- it uh, Barry Pepper. This is the movie where there's, there's fucking alligators under the house. Yes. This movie's called Crawl. It's called Crawl. Yes, I know Crawl. I've never How heard rude this. of you to assume I wouldn't know Crawl with Kaya Scudelario and Barry Pepper. That's a fun poster. Yeah, Crawl. It's, it's the movie like... where there's alligators under the house. Yeah. <laughs> they get stuck under the house with alligators. Haley ignores evacuation orders to look for her father, finding him badly wounded, trapped in a flood, reversing no time. Good stuff. They were here first is the tagline. That's good. Oh, I like that. I like alligators that. were here first. They were here. I feel like that's the tagline of like Crocodiles Jurassic Park or something. Sure. Yeah, all right. Good stuff. Uh, okay, next up we have like something that's not based on existing. I well, oh shit, maybe it is. But it's a big hit. It is kind of based on something existing. It is kind of based on something existing. But it would item be ninety nine percent certain this. Yeah, this this would be like an original screenplay. Okay, it's based on a book. I, I need more. I need more information than this. Uh, English film. An English film. Mm. An English film. We really like it. We really like it, and it's an English film. Yeah. What? I wish there were just like five of these every year. You wish there was five of these every year, and it's an English film. It's like nice, easy watch, enjoyable. What? Is it a comedy? Just a fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yesterday. This is yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. This is a fun hangout. I think yesterday is a very original idea. Yeah. It's an original film that it's based on original ta- incorporates existing IP, but like no, an original film. Yep. Love yesterday. It's great. Uh, yeah. Good. Okay, next up is something I have never seen and probably will never see, even though it, like, right. was an enormous hit. Um, like, I'm looking through the total gross of all yeah. the films here. There's, it's like, insane. ten films. That made a billion, yeah. yeah. 2019 was an insane year. Uh, is this a superhero thing? No. Is this a... You'll never see it. Is it for children? Yeah. Is it animated? Somewhat. Mm, it's not The Lion King. It's it's very similar. It's very similar. Yeah. 
What? Like, is it in, like, you're like one step removed from the Lion King. One step removed from the Lion King. It's Aladdin. It's Aladdin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that film is better than you'd expect. Really? It's okay. Okay. It's not okay. It's, like, bad, but it's, like, watchable. Yeah. Will Smith does a lot with that. Okay. Performance. I don't know. I think it's, like, watchable. The guy who's in that, the, the guy who plays Aladdin in that, like, has not got a single role since. And he's very outspoken about why that is. And the racism that he deals really? with, where he will only be offered roles of terrorists yeah. and such. And I think that's really sad. And people should put him in stuff. Because yeah. he's quite good in it. Anyway. Next up. Yeah. Another film that is based on something existing and it's, like, built into the name. Right. Uh, what? Tag? No. That was a good guess. Again, you're in the right wheelhouse. Game night. Blockers. No. Uh, no it's one of those though kinda it's like not one of those but it's like give not... me an actor or I won't get it <sighs> this could be a very low tier boy party it could be a low tier leads. boy party yeah kinda I'm gonna need a name of someone give me someone who isn't one of the leads okay um, All right. I'm, I don't know this is like a real film where there's only like two people in it. there's only two people in it oh uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's Stuber it's Stuber sorry Stuber is on the the long list for this podcast is it okay yes. I, was wondering, I wasn't sure if either of the two were like... I think Stuber is an interesting two stars of equal fame sort of movie yes so like I... they're kind of like not super A-list no no but like... they're sort of equally big I would say we will do Stuber who eventually else? who else is in it's this it's funny to do you know what surprise don't tell me I want it to be a surprise I want to watch Stuber, uh, 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 Jillian Jillian Bell or someone, the woman in it. I feel like there's probably someone. Uh, like no you one know? here I really know. I feel like that's something Alison Brie could be in. Yeah. Issa Rae. I don't know. One of these funny ladies. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Stay we'll, tuned. We'll, like the Stuber episode. Two and a half years. We'll we'll on, on our step Stuber. episodes. Yeah. There's a dog in it. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Okay. Stuber. Okay. Okay. Next one. More Horror options. of the year. Horror of the year. No, not horror theory. It's a horror. It's a horror. <laughs> horror of the year. Horror of the year. Is it a sequel? Yeah. Is it an Annabelle? Yeah. Annabelle creation? No. Annabelle uprising. Annabelle foundation. Annabelle <laughs> first kill. Comes home. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. Okay. We're I'm going to do one more because I've okay. seen this film and this might be a more fun one to talk about. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is something I saw and I liked. Yeah. You saw it and you liked. Yes. It was very charming. Very charming. Very charming. You saw it and it was charming from 2019. Yeah, I think you liked it as well. Okay, interesting. Okay. I can't really give you any actors' names here. Or I can't really give you the... Hmm. Okay, the first... The initials of the director. Okay. Are the same as your first two initials. Jesus Christ. Len Wiseman. No. Uh, uh, l- 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 is it a man? No. This is so stupid. Like Leslie something. No. Linda something. No. Is this a director I've heard of? No, it's kind of your name. Lucy something. Mm, almost. What? I don't think I know who this is. Lulu Wang. Lulu Wang's the, f- farewell. the, f- the farewell. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I like. I really don't like Aquafina. So sure, I knew I'm you didn't. Struggling to motivate myself to watch that. Was there something else in this year that was similar to this that you really liked? What do you think? Uh, I confuse this with them. Support the girls or something? No. What do you confuse it with? 
2019. Maybe not 2019, but there was, I think it might be a one-word film title. And then what is it? Oh, about? maybe not Minari or something. Yeah, Minari, maybe. You're yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right, Minari was the year after. Okay. All right, that's it, everybody. That's the first episode of Boy Party. Yeah. 44 minutes. On the dot. We met our goal. Thanks for tuning in. we got to drag it out for another minute. No, we won't. Uh, thank you, Shane. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our first episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Nothing yeah. you haven't heard before. If no, you're not really. With our game. Um, leave leave some feedback. Yes. Boy Tell Party, your friends. Please follow us, Boy Party Pod Instagram and Boy Party Pod on Twitter. Because, as always, everyone is invited to the Boy Everyone's Party. invited to the Boy Party. Um, next week, join us where we'll be discussing Steven Spielberg's The Post, mm-hmm. starring Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. Streep Hanks. Uh, Street Hanks put the post and um, tell your friends and give us suggestions of films you would like us to cover on Boy Party um, and uh, and have a great day bye bye goodbye <laughs>